What number is this, Chip? Zilch 143, Mickey Dolenz visits Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, new release from 7A, and so much more. <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I'm you're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome to Zilch, episode 143. Here we are. I'm your host, Ken Mills. It's great to have you on the other end of this podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at Monkey News and an interview with Jonathan Pushkar, who is one of the associate producers on the Mr. Rogers Tribute album. And it is called Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, with an all-star lineup. Folks from the Cow Sills, Rita Wilson, Mickey Dolans, Vanessa Williams, Tom Bergeron, Marilyn McCoo, and Billy Davis, Sandy Patty, Lee Greenwood, and so many more. But before that, let's check out some listener feedback. I want to thank everybody over at the Zilch Facebook page for just being champs and wonderful people all around. Love you all to pieces. If you're tired of a lot of the negativity on Facebook, visit Zilch because it's a great place to hang out and talk about all things monkeys. And with that in mind, we'd like to thank our Zilch Nation member over at Facebook, Amy Chapman, who recently wrote us, Done! I listened to all 142 episodes of Zilch in just a few months. Well, God bless you, Amy Chapman. That's <laughs> that is quite an undertaking. She writes, a few observations. So grateful to Ken Mills, a.k.a. the Podfather. Hey, that's me, for creating this amazing podcast. He should get a percentage on the monkey's items that I have bought that I wouldn't have known about without Zilch. I'm also glad he's doing well after his health crisis. Well, thank you, Amy. I'm not sure that I'm entitled to a percentage of it, but it's, it's good to know that you're out there listening. She goes on to say, Andrew and John from Rhino are incredible. What they've done to support the fans, the monkeys, and extend their legacy is appreciated by this generation one-and-a-half fan, early 70s. Her favorite episodes, besides the ones with the monkeys themselves, are Jeff Sherman from Boy Meets World and David Alexander. Both are great storytellers, and she hopes that David is still with the band. Well, the good news is, is when Mickey plays a live show, and it's Mickey and the Mickeys as I call them, David Alexander is part of the band. She goes on to say, Although I do enjoy Monkeys 101, I miss the color commentaries with Melanie and Jeff, and I also miss the album episodes with Melinda and Ghosty. I also miss the album episodes with Jeff Hewlett, Melinda Gildart, Ghosty Wills, and Jeff Geringer. Well, good news, we've got some more in the tank, and we will pick up with them where we left off. Lastly, I wish I had found Zilch earlier so that I could have attended meetups at the shows I went to. Thanks so much to all the hosts and Zilch Nation. Bring on the next 142 episodes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's quite an undertaking, but Amy Chapman, I'd like to thank you for listening. And I also want to thank you in advance for letting your monkeys friends know about this show. 
It's Done With Love, and you can also check out other Monkeys-related podcasts, Big Al Bigley and Awesome Alan Williams and their show, the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Podcast. And there's also We Want the Monkeys, and of course, the same page cast with the great Craig Smith. And in other Monkeys news, 7A is doing it again. 7A is delighted to announce the release of their third Michael Nesmith album, recorded at McCabe's in Santa Monica, California, on August 18, 1973. The album's called Cosmic Partners, the McCabe Tapes. It is a rare and previously unreleased concert recording featuring Michael Nesmith and a small band of fellow musicians, including the longtime recording partner and pedal steel guitar player, Red Rhodes. It will be released on November 15, 2019, as a lavish CD set with a 24-page booklet, as well as a limited edition 12-inch vinyl picture disc. Only 1,000 copies of the picture disc will be produced. So you want to make sure that you get that if you are a Nez head and who in their right mind isn't. And 7A gave Monkey's Live Almanac an exclusive preview listen to the Michael Nesmith Red Rose 7A's Cosmic Partners. You can go over there to Monkey's Live Almanac and check it out. And speaking of Nez, you want to check out Deep Dish Radio with our fellow Zilch staff member Tim Powers, where Nez had a very uh, mellow conversation with Tim. Uh, (laughs) You really need to check that out. We'll put links in our show notes. And speaking of Nez, he and the First National Band are about to embark on their three-day tour of Southern California. They will be in Santa Barbara on October 2nd, LA on October 3rd, and San Luis Obispo on October 5th. Tickets are going fast but are available for all shows. You can find links to purchase your tickets by going to Michael Nesmith's Video Ranch 3D Facebook group and clicking the link to the show of your choice. Mickey's also keeping very busy these days. He's currently on the road with Todd Rundgren, Christopher Cross, Joey Moland of Badfinger, and Jason Schiff of Chicago for the 50 Years Ago Today a tribute to the Beatles' White Album Tour. Initially, it was a 17-date run. The tour has swelled to 26 shows between now and December. Search online for a stop near you. And you can also check out Karaoke with Mickey Dolenz. Jody Ritson recently put up a video, and we're going to play audio of that right now. And this was shot by the Monkees fandom's one and only John Billings. That's right, the bass player for the Monkees and bass player for Mickey Dolans and so many others. So here's some audio from that video. You need to watch this. It's pretty cool. One day uh, a friend named Jody Ritson uh, came up and, uh, and said, you know, there's a lot of people that would love to get up and sing with you. And at times I've had people come up on stage. But that's a huge thing with a band. I mean, I think that uh, that conceptually, this is a wonderful thing. It's almost kind of like groundbreaking uh, in, in that you're, unlike what he might have had to do years back where you're hauling all this equipment and, and, and the band and the managers and everything to come in and do this kind of a, a situation. I mean, here, boom, you walk in, the tracks are here, hopefully the sound system is good in places that you go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. This is a wonderful thing. Frankly, it was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. My whole life has been a karaoke. Oh, it was amazing. 
It was something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. It was spectacular. She came up with a uh, proposal about how all these people would love to sing a song and tied it into my favorite charity to Make-A-Wish, which is my, my big favorite charity, which I donate to all the time. But what struck me, what affected me, what really touched me was the look in their eyes. This was probably one of the greatest moments of their lives. Still get teared up about it, I do. It's like I was blown away. It's a true and intimate moment between me and the fans. Singing with him, phantasmagoric splendor. That's all I can say. It was a really great night that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Love you. Mickey, thank you for a lifetime of experience. You're the best. I love you, Mickey. To be right next to him was uh, amazing. <laughs> I got hooked, hooked. I just like, this is really cool, you know? All right, let me ask you a question. Why did you want to sing with Mickey? If you're interested in doing karaoke with Mickey, contact Jody Ritson. Go to monkeysmeetandgreets.com. You know, a lot of people thought it was silly when this all started happening, but a lot of people have really enjoyed this, and this is a great part of getting to meet Mickey, and more importantly, getting to help out everybody over at Make-A-Wish. So check that out. As I said earlier in the broadcast, I mentioned that we would be talking about Mickey Dolenz and his track on the new Mr. Rogers tribute album. And coming up after this clip with Mickey Dolan speaking about the Mr. Rogers tribute album, we'll be interviewing Jonathan Pushkar, one of the associate producers of the Mr. Rogers tribute album. Take it away, Mickey. A perfectly beautiful day for saying hello. You're welcome here. It's a perfectly beautiful day. Hi, neighbor. The monkeys, uh, our demographic was older, 10 to 12, 14 year old. Mr. Rogers, of course, uh, played to four, six, eight years old. And I watched the show with my child, Amy, and uh, he made little kids feel safe and happy and warm and fuzzy and cozy, like a, you know, like a teddy bear or something like that. The name of the song is Perfectly Beautiful Day and very typical of him and his personality and, and his show. He just made you feel really comfortable. A beautiful day. Such a beautiful day. This is Jonathan Pushkar, associate producer of the Thank You Mr. Rogers tribute album, which Mickey Dolenz appears on, and power pop musician. And you're listening to the Zilch Podcast.
We're talking about someone very special from a very special neighborhood. That's right, Mr. Rogers. And today, on the other end of the Zilch Hotline, we have Jonathan Pushkar. Welcome to our neighborhood. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here on the Zilch Hotline, and it is fantastic to talk to you. We've kind of swum in this, the same uh, circles, if you will, right? We've kind of are bumping into each other pop culturally, if you will. You're a huge Monkees fan. Let's let's get that right out at the beginning. You're also a huge Beatles fan. You, along with people like myself and Andrew Sandoval, and I'm going to say the cool kids in the classroom, right? You <laughs> love the jangling music of the 60s. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started, man. The Searchers are up there at my top. Uh, I love, of course, all the Beatles and monkey stuff, as you mentioned, Peter and Gordon, which are on the softer side. But, man, I love 60s pop, especially from like 1963 to 1966. That's really the core of what I love. But, uh, you know, that jangly 12 string driven pop of the 60s is just what makes my heart beat a little faster. Same here. And today we're talking about two things that are from our childhood, right? That still influence us to this day. The music of the monkeys and Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Absolutely. Who would have thought? And they were two spots you could find on the TV dial or radio dial in this case as well, where you could find peace, love and joy and acceptance and fun. Absolutely. And in two different brands, too. You know, the monkeys were a little more zany and fun, and Mr. Rogers was a little bit more reserved. But in the same way, uh, it's just so beautiful how, especially in the 60s, these two television shows really were so influential on kids of all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. Now, you being such a huge monkeys fan, it had to be a real thrill to work with Mickey Dolenson. On the album, which is coming out October 25th, 2019, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories. It is a compilation album that features the Cow Sills, Mickey Dolans, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr., so many people. We're going to do an entire episode over at the Pop, a Pop Culture Podcast episode that you can hear each song track by track a little bit just to kind of wet your whistle. But today we're really focusing on Mickey Dolans. Heck yeah, man. It was so amazing to work with Mickey. Uh, if listeners out there have had the chance to meet Mickey along the line, you know, this is certainly not news that he's just such a great, great guy to spend time with. And uh, in a studio setting, no less, was a real dream come true as a fan and as a musician. And it's exciting. Not only do we get some new Mickey Dolan's music, but it's also the leadoff track single. It is. And, you know, my monkey brethren that's listening out there, I fought really and sister hard. And sisterin, yeah. I fought really hard for this to be our lead single. For those who don't know, I'm the associate producer on this album. So uh, I've been working with Dennis Scott, who's the head producer. And uh, we've been making a lot of the strategical and business decisions and all of the artwork and legalese and stuff. So, you know, it's not just all fun in the studio. A lot of it is the business side, too. But... Uh, in choosing which artists of these 12 artists would get the lead single. Um, it's really hard to decide uh, when you have so many great artists, but I know that there are so many amazing Monkees fans out there, and especially from you know the resurgence of new Monkey music that we've gotten over the last several years. 
I just had a really strong feeling that this song would perform well, especially in the monkey and 60s circles. So I really, really am excited for people to uh, latch onto this one and hear it because it really does kind of sound like it could have been a forgotten monkeys song. And, um, you know, that's all that we could ask for as monkeys fans is more of that authentic music, right? Agreed. And uh, we're here's a treat for our listeners. We're going to play Perfectly Beautiful Day by the perfectly wonderful Mickey Dolans. You, you want to introduce this? And uh, this is exciting. A zilch premiere right here. Absolutely. Here you go, guys. Perfectly Beautiful Day from Mickey Dolans. definitely has that Mickey Dolan sound and man he's kept his voice right absolutely and it was so cool to watch him work in the studio just to give a little preface Dennis and I are based in Nashville Tennessee and of course Mickey is in LA 
and uh, we had to go to him for this session. And while we were there, we also were able to orchestrate having the Calcils on the same day. So as a 60s pop fan, doing the Calcils session in the morning and Mickey Dolan's in the evening was like, you know, the ultimate, ultimate day as a 60s music fan and, uh, you know, musician. So it was really cool to work with two of my favorite acts from the 60s on the same day. But Mickey arrived and he was in great spirits and really excited to be there. As we were kind of working through the arrangement of the song and where he wanted to go vocally, he he kind of suggested, you know, hey, I've got this very deep operatic range that I can dig into and bring out a heavy note if you wanted to hear it. And so, of course, we were curious and he gave us a little perfectly beautiful day, you know, how he can really scoop into his diaphragm and pull out those deep notes. And I was in the production booth and thinking like, oh, my gosh, like this is the coolest thing. We've got to use this. And uh, of course, Dennis, the head producer, said, no, let's stick with the more, you know, mellow, fun, kind of bouncy uh, aspect. And of course, from what you heard, I'm sure that you'll agree that it ended up pretty cool. But somewhere in our archives, we've got that deep uh, take of it. And I really would love to put that out at some point. But who knows? Maybe it'll be on Monkey's Anthology in 100 years or something. On a future upcoming handmade set. Andrew <laughs> yeah. Sandoval's probably uh, taking notes as we speak. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so what was it like to, to not only meet Mickey Dolenz, but work with him? You know, it was really, really amazing. Um, I had met Mickey once before, years and years ago, at the Fest for Beatles fans, his one and only appearance there. And uh, that was really fun, too, to, you know, shake his hand and get a quick autograph. But it wasn't really the setting where you get to, like, sit down and hang out. You know, it's it, it's very rushed and understandably so. And that was years and years ago. And uh, I'm actually 23, so I'm definitely on the younger uh, spectrum of monkeys fans, but I was definitely, uh, you know, a teenager at the time that that happened. So it was really quick and that was the case, but getting to work with him in a professional setting and getting to hang out between takes was just amazing. You know, to, uh, think of all the great memories I have growing up and even still of listening to the monkeys music and thinking like, man, this is the guy that's responsible for all of those great moments and memories uh, for me growing up, but also as a musician, you know, my formulative years were listening to the monkeys and, you know, uh, putting on Pisces and turning it over again to listen again and again and again. And just really, really incredible to get to spend time with them. And, you know, a lot in the same way that a lot of these artists, Mr. Rogers was their hero. Mickey is certainly one of mine. So to get to spend some really unique quality time with him was something I'll never forget and something I'll definitely treasure forever. Now, you got to play some guitar on the track, Perfectly Beautiful Day, correct? I did, yeah. If you listen very carefully, there's some uh, Rickenbacker 12-string guitar that snuck its way in some subtle spots there. And that is me and, you know, provided some other little guitar patches and things like that here and there. But, uh, yeah, so to be able to say not only, you know, being on the production side of this, but to get to lend my musical talent to a monkey-related track is honestly just a real dream come true. And uh, I couldn't be more grateful for that. It was really an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. The album is called Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories. Now, people definitely want to get this album. Not only does it have the Cow Sills and Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. from The Fifth Dimension and, of course, Mickey Dolenz of The Fabulous Monkeys, right? 
but you've you've got a lot of artists that are on here, and this is this is the kind of thing that you want to share with your 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 kids or your grandkids or another loved one. Mister Rogers' songs were always about overcoming fear, unity, love. And all of these songs kind of fit within the monkeys kind of a vibe, right? You know, because you've got like Peter Tork's Fantastic for Pete's sake, right? We are born to love one another. This is something we all need. What did you get from the music of Fred Rogers uh, being a child of the 60s, if you will? Sure. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a little different child of the 60s, being that I grew up with that culture, but, you know, grew up in the early 2000s. But you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which, of course, is where Mr. Rogers was from and where all of his great music and television programs were filmed. So, you know, I've grown up around the Mr. Rogers, I guess, fandom, if you will, if you can call it that. And it's just been really great to watch these songs come to life in a new way uh, that might resonate more with contemporary audiences that maybe didn't know Fred uh, in his music and show in its heyday. But in any case, it's one of those things that looking at it as a musician, there are definitely some hidden complexities inside of these songs. But at the same time, it's really just beautiful how innocent and straightforward these songs are. I mean, songs like You Can Never Go Down the Drain, Sometimes People Are Good, uh, Some Things I Don't Understand. They're just the message of the song is in the title and how rare that can be sometimes, especially in more interpretive styles of pop if you get into like the psychedelic kind of pop and stuff like that, which this album doesn't venture into too terribly far, but <laughs> the idea is just these beautiful, quick, straightforward songs that every word means something uh, is just really special. And a little aside from that, uh, I got to sit down with Hedda Sherapin, who was the assistant director on almost every episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood from episode number one until the final episode. I mean, she was literally there for almost every one. And uh, she told me a story that her office was right near Fred's and she would walk past his office, you know, going to her office. And sometimes he would she would walk past Fred's office and look in and see Fred working on a song. She would go about her day and come back several hours later, and he was still on the same line of the same song. And not because he was struggling with it, but because he knew how important those songs were going to be to kids and how he only had so much time to say so many words and how every word mattered and it would impact the you know child listener on the other end. So that was just a really cool thing to uh, hear as we were going into this project because really cool when you listen to these songs. I mean, lyrically, they are very simple, but they still carry a lot of weight and a really beautiful message in between each one. So knowing that Fred Rogers really put that much care behind it just makes them that much more special. And uh, honestly, it's really, really incredible to be a part of bringing these to life and preserving these songs. Mm -hmm. You know, Jonathan, you mentioned Mickey and the Beatles right now. Mickey is currently on tour with the white album tour and we hope everybody checks that out you mentioned mickey being at a beatles fest right and mickey's covered a lot of beatles songs we're going to try to sell some uh music for mickey off of the album a little bit broadway and a little bit rock and roll here's mickey dolan's with the beatles classic oh darling
This is Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys, and you're listening to Zilch. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your Monkeys fandom. You know, uh, kind of where did it start for you? How did you find the Monkeys? What was the first thing that grabbed your attention? Take us back to those moments. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. So my first exposure for the Monkeys uh, music actually has a very, very specific story that I love to tell. So uh I was the youngest of the cousins on my dad's side of the family for a long time. And we would go up and visit and everybody would meet up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, my cousin Marky had the Monkey's Greatest Hits CD. And one of my vivid, vivid memories from childhood is hanging out in his room at family gatherings, jumping up and down on the bed to, hey, hey, we're the monkeys over and over. And I think as a kid, I just was laughing that you know, these men were singing about being monkeys. I had no idea about the show. You know, I was a young kid. And of course, the show was off air by that time. So that's my first memory of the monkeys. Uh, And then I guess in 2009, I would have been about 14 or so uh, is when I really started to get into 60s music. Of course, I was always into the Beatles, but I was more of like a greatest hits kid. You know, I liked the Journey stuff. I liked Kansas. I liked, you know, classic rock radio. But around 2008, 2009, uh, with the Beatles remasters, for whatever reason, that actually sent me further down the rabbit hole, uh, I guess, away from the Beatles, if you could make that argument, to some of the more obscure 60s stuff like Peter and Gordon, The Searchers, some of my favorite bands now. And of course, the Monkees were in that lexicon of uh, bands. So that's really where I started to get into the Monkey stuff. And I love some of the deep cut stuff. Uh, I mean, if you can call them deep cuts, like uh, Papa Jean's Blues is up there with my favorites. Um, and I, w- I would call that a deep cut just because I feel like if you walk up to somebody and say, 
hey, have you heard I'm a believer by the monkeys? A lot of people will say yes, but Papa Jean's Blues, come on, I don't think we should fool ourselves. That's definitely a little more of a deep cut. So uh, I like a lot of that stuff, but uh, yeah, that's where I really went down the rabbit hole with the monkey stuff was uh, as a young teenager, and I still haven't come out of the rabbit hole. It's just such amazing music, and I really do love it all, even some of the songs that were uh, you know, not as well-received critically. I still see the value in it, and uh, I'm not saying that as a blind fan either. I just genuinely do love this music, and um, it's always been there. You know, It always sticks out, and it's just amazing, beautiful stuff. What's your favorite monkey album? Ooh, that is a great question. Probably Headquarters, uh, just because there's so many great tracks on there. But I mean, you know, that's like asking to pick pick a favorite kid. It's too hard. You know, they're all just so great in their own right. But if you had a gun to my head, I think I'd go with Headquarters. Mm-hmm. What is it about Headquarters that works for you? I think it just really captures a certain era of the monkey sound. And I know that we didn't have a ton of studio albums to pick from like the Beatles or the beach boys, but I think that that's just really my sweet spot for what I enjoy out of the band. Um, But again, you know, I could make the argument for any of the albums. I just think headquarters is the chapter of life I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Very good. Do you have a favorite episode of the TV show? Uh, Or if you can't give us that, how about favorite TV show moment? Oh, I don't even know if I could begin to pick one. Um, You know, going back to my story from before, of course, with the monkeys and uh, loving the um, theme song as a kid jumping up and down on the bed. I would have to say any moment with the monkey mobile, just because that was so wacky and zany. And now looking back, it really reminds me a lot of the Adam West Batmobile, which, you know, was kind of like if the Beatles and Adam West had a crossover, you would get the monkeys. And uh you know, I, I think that anything with the monkey mobile would be what sticks out just because I kind of laugh at how zany it is every time I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been trying to get a crossover between the Batman 66 comic book line and the monkeys. It's got to happen, right? It has to happen. That would be so amazing. I, I'm trying to think what the storyline could be. But, you know, there there were some great Batman, well, really DC comics references to music in the 60s, too. Like, there's the episode where, like, Batman and Robin are trying to find out which of the Beatles are dead. I know it's not like the Beatles for real, but it's like a Paul is dead ripoff kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. there's a comic where Superman and Jimmy Olsen go back in time. And Jimmy Olsen is looked at like a teen idol pop star, like back in Rome or Greece or something like that. So (laughs) there are definitely some opportunities for a crossover there. That really needs to happen. If you, if you have a petition going around, I will sign that gladly. Yeah, we definitely need to get that going. So something that we're going to try and push for uh, this this coming year. Absolutely. Just imagine that. And you can see uh, Davy Jones and Robin trading places, right? Oh, would that not be awesome? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I need it. <laughs> so what do you think it was about the monkeys that made you say, this is something I want to check out? And are you surprised that the music has held up 50 years later? Well, I'll answer those questions in reverse. I'm not at all surprised that the music has held up. I mean, when you look at some of the great writers that they had behind it, in addition to obviously the monkeys' vocal talent, but then the wrecking crew behind the scenes, you know, helping making most of those songs happen was 
uh, it was just a magic formula. There's really no way it couldn't have succeeded. Great songs, great artists performing them, and a great backing band behind it. I don't know how it could have possibly been better. So uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that the songs have held up. But I think what drew me in, honestly, is kind of that Wrecking Crew touch. You know, these songs musically are so tight, you know, like uh, their version of Steppin' Stone. Uh, obviously, there's that breakdown, dun, 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 da, da, dun. You know, and there's little musical complexities there, too, with that uh, little dun 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 with the drums. It really is incredible how how tight those songs are musically. So I think that's what drew me in. I'm really a sucker for a tight production, tight performance. And uh, the Monkey songs all have that across the board. So I think that's really what draws me in. Agreed. You know, uh, you mentioned the Wrecking Crew, and I was recently at the Musicians Hall of Fame in Nashville. Oh, amazing. You've been there? I have. I actually have a yearly membership there. Smart man. It is fantastic. It's a great place. I encourage everybody, if you ever get to Nashville, you need to check this out because uh, everything's broken up by the cities, right? So like each city and and what they've brought to rock and roll and music is represented, right? Like you have Memphis, you have... Motown, you have L.A., and there's this whole section on the Wrecking Crew. And you have everything from Grammys that the Wrecking Crew won to their albums, uh, artwork of the albums, the instruments actually played on these tracks. And as you go from thing to thing, you hear certain parts. So it's, it's, a, it's an actual interactive thing, right? It sure is, yeah. It's it's a really amazing experience, and uh, they have Hal Blaine's blue drum kit there, which was used on so many of their early Wrecking Crew stuff before he got his kit with like you know sixteen toms on it or whatever. But uh, that's really cool to see in person. And just as a little aside, uh, I don't know if you and I ever talked about this, but I've I told you that I got to spend a little bit of time with Hal Blaine. No, you never told me that. All right, well, Zilch exclusive coming up here. <laughs> so. <laughs> I work with Rob Shanahan, who's a uh, rock photographer for Ringo Starr, The Rolling Stones, Aerosmith. If they're a classic band that you love, he's shot them for sure. And uh, Rob is shooting a lot of stuff for DW, and he has been for years. And Mm -hmm. DW Drums has this series of snare drums called the Icon Series Snare, where they take, uh, you know, these really staple drummers of the DW catalog, like you know, like Jim Keltner, for example, that's, you know, been playing DW for ages and stuff like that. So they make them their own signature snare drum based around, you know, their hit songs or their branding or what have you. And Hal Blaine was the recipient of one before his uh, passing not too terribly long ago. So Rob got to go to Hal Blaine's house out in Palm Springs on his own and uh, shoot Hal there with his Wrecking Crew themed snare drum, which is really cool. The photo is amazing. Um, If you do show notes, I can send it to you or you can post it on Facebook if you'd like. But in any case, you know, he got to shoot Hal and those two really hit it off. And Hal said, Rob, why don't you come back and visit me anytime, man? You know, I had so much fun today. Let's do this. So uh, we, of course, took him up on that. And Rob brought myself with him and then two of our guys in our little media team that we have. And we actually did an interview with Hal. We interviewed and videotaped the entire thing, uh, two camera shoot. And it's Rob interviewing Hal kind of about his career and talking about all of these great uh, moments over his career. And of course, at the time of the interview, uh, Hal was 89 and he passed away at 90. 
mm-hmm. just several weeks after the time we got to spend with him. But as we were driving out to Palm Springs um, to go spend time with Hal, we thought, okay, you know, Hal's up there in age. He's not going to want to uh, spend too terribly much time interviewing. You know, we'll we'll get an hour or two with him, and we don't want to exhaust him. Well, that hour or two turned into about eight and a half hours of us just going down the uh, memory lane with Hal and talking about the monkeys, the Beach Boys, the Mamas and Papas, Dean Martin, Elvis, Nancy Sinatra, you know, all of the great artists that he got to work with and hearing stories that, you know, very well may have been told for the last time that day. So in retrospect, we are so glad that we have that archived on video and everything. And we do have plans for that down the line, but I'm not able to say too terribly much more about that right now. But getting to spend that time with Hal was really just incredible. He had a great picture as soon as he walked into his house of uh, Michael Nesmith, signed by Nesmith. And it said something to the effect of, you know, to the greatest drummer I've ever worked with, Mike Nesmith, signed, you know, and it's really cool. And he had memorabilia hanging up from Brian Wilson signed stuff. And he had a snare drum head signed by Frank Sinatra that he used playing with him. Just all these great memorabilia pieces hanging up around his house. And uh, it was just really special to get to spend time with him. It was pretty incredible. Fantastic. Do you have a particular favorite track that Hal Blaney played on of the Monkees? Oh, man. Again, this is like trying to pick a favorite kid. I, I know that it's boring to not answer it, but I love every single one, man. It's it's hard for me to answer. Let me turn the question on you. Maybe I'll just agree with what you say. What's your favorite Hal Blaney track? Oh, my God. Uh, where to begin, right? <laughs> uh, see, see, now you know what it's like to be on the receiving end. He's <laughs> just amazing. And uh, you can almost hear that it's him. Yeah. So, you know, you can tell when it's him or, you know, another drummer. It's really incredible. It really is. So to not be able to hear a person's voice, it's when, when you can hear it, you know, on the guitar strings or a drum snap, that it's somebody that says a lot and and that says a lot about uh, really all the musicians that wound up playing on the monkeys albums there's just so much uh, talent you know being brought to the table yeah it's it's really really incredible honestly uh and you know to hear his stories firsthand was pretty incredible uh my favorite story that Hal told that day was actually um, he's talking about his favorite guitar players. And this does tie to the monkeys. We initially were talking about the monkeys, you know, something about his experience recording with them and da da da. And he kind of went off on a little tangent and said, man, I played with a lot of guitar players. And the one guitar player that sticks out to me being a cut above the rest being so great was that Al Jardine kid. And he just kind of went on and started telling more stories. But in my head, I'm thinking like Al Jardine from the Beach Boys. I'm not even sure if Hal played on anything that Al Jardine would have played guitar on. And on top of that, Al's my favorite Beach Boy. So I have no problem saying this. I don't really think that he's like the greatest guitarist that Hal no. would have had the chance <laughs> to work with. And I don't think that Al would have been the best guitarist that Hal Blaine would have had the chance to play with over the years. But because we were coming off of the monkeys, the only thing I could think is I wonder if he meant to say Mike Nesmith, but he said Al Jardine instead. You know, of course, he worked with so many and we are kind of talking about the same bands and the same conversation. It just kind of makes me wonder. Yeah. Let's check out a little bit of Hal and a little bit of Nez on the classic track, Mary Mary. Oh, yeah.
studio. Rick, should he leave? Uh, yeah, hey, Rick, don't say anything. Well, I mean, he, he can stay there, you know, but don't stay there for posterity. The words are different here, you know? Well, they're diff different than what? Diff Dim they're different than the other song we do. No, no they're, different, they're different than Yesterday by Paul McCartney. That's true. Well, how can I sing it then? They're a lot different than Louie Louie. It doesn't work, man. It goes, Yesterday, yesterday, I love us far away. It doesn't match, man. I have a try Michelle. It's a little out of sync, Mickey. Can you try it again? Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, that's better. Okay, we're let's take one. A little overlap there. Surprise me like A little that. overlap. You're always overlapping, Jones. It's funny. Everybody tells me that. <laughs> okay, really honest to God, no shit. Let's cool it. Right. Right, man. Instead of uh, instead of singing in union son with yourself again, Mickey, sing up high with Peter and everybody, because I think we got enough of the of the lead voice on it. Say that sounds like a good idea, son. But you know these words are all different. No, you're saying wrong. Copyright 196 by Screen Gems. Mary Mess. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Written by Mike Nesmith. <laughs> Doesn't say written, man. You're reading words between Without the words. Like, We're rolling, man. This is take one. Uh, Mary, Mary, where are you going to? Mary, Mary, can I go to, please? One, two. Faster than that. <laughs>
so you've had a, a pretty cool career thus far and, and a, a great way of uh, meeting your heroes, right? Everybody from Hal Blaney to what you're doing now, working with Mickey Dolenz. And, of course, the album is once again called Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, and it's available now. And people will want to get the album. Mickey Dolan's fans will want to get the album because not only is Mickey on the track Perfectly Beautiful Day, but he's also on the last track, Thank You for Being You, right? Absolutely. And that Thank You for Being You track is... The ensemble track, it's the final song of the album, and it's basically all of the artists coming together and saying thank you for being you to Mr. Rogers. So it's really a beautiful way to uh, capstone the album, and Mickey has a part of that. So there's two tracks on here that you monkeys completists will have to have. So there you go. Jonathan, I know that you've put a lot of music out. You've done some stuff. You have an album out. I want you to pick a song that we can play for the Zilch audience that is kind of... uh, peppy and an up song you know one with one with some guitar some oomph all right well that i can definitely do and there's a monkey's tie to this song so this song is called boyfriend it's the fifth track out of 10 from my uh debut album and uh this song is a lot of fun but there's a lot of cool cats that played on this song so uh on keyboards and backing vocals we have jeff allen ross who uh, was a touring member of badfinger and now he plays with al jardine and peter asher on bass, we have Bill Sinke, who uh, plays with Neil Diamond. He's Neil Diamond's bassist, and he plays with all of those British Invasion guys. But for our monkeys tie, this song has Sandy Gennaro on drums, who was a longtime uh, touring member of the Monkeys touring band for about 20 years, um, backing the guys on drums. And he lives here in Nashville, and he's a very, very dear friend of mine, and uh, he played drums on this track. So there's always a tie to the monkeys, and you're about to hear it here on my song, Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but in this case, it's six degrees of the monkeys, right? Every It all comes back to the monkeys at some point. Always, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I want to thank you for coming on today and talking about Thank You, Mr. Rogers. And folks can get this on Amazon or Target or wherever fine music is uh, sold. You can also listen to it on Spotify, YouTube, and all the social things. You want to give people your social media links before we play the song? and. Absolutely. So uh, to find us online for Thank You, Mr. Rogers, it's exactly that. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just Thank You, Mr. Rogers. And if you're wanting to find me, my name is Jonathan Pushkar, and that's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-P as in Paul, U-S-H-K-A-R. And uh, if you have Mickey Dolan's questions about his contributions to this track, I'm absolutely happy to uh, you know, tell you about his contributions to the Mr. Rogers album. I hope you enjoy this song, Boyfriend, that uh, we're about to spin here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Jonathan. And here is Boyfriend. That's it. Tell me. 
From 7A Records, Davy Jones live in Japan. Featuring both of Davy's officially released Japanese concert albums 1981's Live in Japan and 1982's Hello Davy. Unavailable for years, these digitally remastered albums sound better than ever. Available in two formats, the two-CD, one-DVD set contains a whopping 22 bonus tracks and a detailed 24-page color booklet featuring previously unreleased photographs, liner notes, and recollections from Japanese fans. I wanna be free Like the bluebirds Flying by me Like the waves the DVD contains Davy's concert Hello Davy, which has only ever been previously released on Laserdisc in the Far East. The 3 LP colored vinyl gatefold edition posts 16 bonus tracks and includes a 28 page brochure with a replica of Davy Jones' Japanese tour program, unavailable anywhere else, produced in conjunction with the Jones family. Davy Jones Live in Japan is 7A's most extensive project yet. Davy Jones Live in Japan drops on August 2nd, but you can pre-order your copy now at Deep Discount and Amazon.com. Order yours today. Well, we want to thank Jonathan Pushkar and everybody over at the record company for giving us access and allowing us to play the track. If you want to support it, please get involved and grab this disc while you can. It would be cool to get Mickey to sign it. I think that would be a really cool thing. We want you to keep listening, and that includes you, Amy Chapman out there, and everybody else. <laughs> we will be back on the next episode of Zilch. Thank you for listening, and always take some time to love one another and be good to one another. Because the world needs as much of it as we can get. Oh, and monkey around while you're at it. And as fate would have it, here is, from last night, a recording of Jonathan Pushkar doing Stepping Stone with... The incredible Sandy Janeiro on drums. 
This is not a professional recording, but it is fun. See you on the next episode of Zilch. Bye. See ya. That's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.